Ho, ho, ho. Merry Christmas, everybody. Welcome to the Rain City Podcast. We've got a special edition here for the last episode of the year. Um, and of course, I'm excited today to have our two amazing guests, the all-star lineup. Um, and before we introduce them, uh, just a quick recap on you know what this episode's about. We're going to be recapping what's happened this year, along with you know what we've seen in the trifecta in the spiritual realm, um, economics, and uh, from the technology perspective. So, what a year it's been! And with that, I'll introduce our hosts. So, first up, we have the Whisper of Kings, the Michael Jordan of preaching, and our spiritual founding father, Steve Kim. Welcome, Steve, back to the pod. <laughs> Good to be back. Um, and second, we've got one of God's greatest stewards of wealth and the friendliest person on the planet and my brother, Jacob. So welcome, Jake. Thanks, man. Excited to be here. Sweet. Um, so, I mean, before we get started, um, did, did you know that the idea of Santa Claus was based on a tradition associated with St. Nicholas, who was um, this fourth century Christian bishop in a town uh, called Mira from Turkey, and they then brought that tradition over from Europe to the U.S. Uh, in the 1960s when the Dutch colonies were made, um, creating New York. So I thought that was an interesting fact. always wondered what Santa Claus was all about. But anyways, with that, Jake, why don't you kick us off? What, what have you seen this year, um, both personally, professionally? Yeah. Do you want to start with, like, the spiritual side, uh Russia side, any, any uh, preference? Uh, let's let's start with the personal, and then we'll get into the juicy parts after. Hmm. I would say that uh, one thing that really stood out is I think there's been a lot of breakthrough for a lot of people at uh, that I've known both uh, at Rain City and, and outside. I think even across the Lower Mainland. Um, yeah, I feel like there's this. Uh, this desire that's kind of uh, kindling in a lot of people to to know more of God and um, just just see, man, if the things that Jesus and and uh, if the things in the Bible are true, like what else is real? So I feel like there's just been this hunger for a lot of people to kind of um, just ask God for these things, to pray for revelation, mm-hmm. to just pray for that breakthrough, and pray for others as well. And that's been really encouraging. So at a high level, I think that's just one thing that's mm-hmm. uh, happening. And maybe we'll talk about that more. But yeah, a lot of testimonies this year, I think, when people know their identity and um, yeah, they're just uh, comfortable asking God for these different things. Mm. That's good. Steve, are you also seeing those things or? Uh, yeah, I'm seeing, I'm seeing it. Um, Seeing it at Rain City, obviously, and seeing a lot of people's lives being transformed. But, you know, sometimes things happen in the secret. Um, mm-hmm. I was uh, actually at my Christmas party, my faculty Christmas party at school, and then they w- they advertised it, like, every year. They don't, it, I don't know, every year. I've only been there for five years, and I've only gone to a couple of Christmas parties, and then the gifts were not very good, you know, the prizes but this year they said we're gonna have a good prize so I went and told my I told Sonia I'm gonna win that prize and I like I was extremely focused and out of like 80 people I won it wow wow I, I won an espresso coffee machine 
<laughs> started drinking coffee again. And then, uh, that's not the story. Um, I was about to get my coat and go home, and then this uh, one of the f- staff workers came and ran after ran after me, and and then she was like visibly like emotional. She said, "I don't know if you remember me, but like way back, you taught me during COVID, and my had my screen blank, but uh, your class impacted me so much. And then I went to get my MBA, and uh, and I became a Christian." And then she told, she was like visibly shaking. She said, I have, I don't have words to express. Um, I don't, I, I can't express how your life impacted your teachings and your class impacted me and helped me to be like a believer in God. And I'm like, I'm talking about change, me- change organism, change mechanisms, you know, change management. I'm not talking about like God so much, but. That just shows you, like, and this her screen was blank. I I don't remember her what she looked like. Mm. So, just to show you, like, God is working, even if you don't like see the person, you don't recognize it, or you're not even directly like talking about Jesus. Mm-hmm. God is working, and um, yeah, she kept trying to tell me, like, and then she said, "Oh, Rain City's so far away in Richmond," but I said, "Hey, we're moving to Burnaby." She's like, "Well, yeah, I can come now." <laughs> So hopefully a new another member, but mm. yeah, I'm seeing a lot of that and a lot of people coming to know the Lord. Mm. And uh, obviously, it's not just me, but lots of people influenced her. But mm. I think, uh, yeah, just to testify to that to what happened this week. Yeah, and I I'll add to that. I mean, um, I I think earlier this year, uh, I think maybe Steve and, and Jake has heard of this uh, testimony, but. Um, I was playing in uh, one of the, I guess, more most competitive uh, volleyball tournaments in Vancouver, if not BC, and uh, it just so happened to be a two-day tournament, and, um, you know, like, the playoffs was starting during church hours, and I just told my team, like, oh, I got to go to church. Mm. Um, like, you guys will be fine. Like, I'll, I'll, I'll be back afterwards, uh, after, after church is done, and... Um, it was during that first game that I missed that one of my friends actually came to watch me play. And he was like, Oh, where's, where's Tyler at? And I, and then my whole team was like, Oh, well he went to church. He's like, what? Like, doesn't he love volleyball? Like why, why is he not playing? Like, this is the playoffs. Like you guys are seated like top two. Um, like we need that. We like your team needs him. And you know, I was like, well, I wasn't there, but I think he was just so taken aback that I just came to church and I was thinking like, you know, actually, you know, being able to worship God and, and you know, soak in the spirit and, and the Holy Spirit every Sunday just means so much more than just this one tournament, um, no matter what the outcome was. And then end up going back, making it to the semifinals. And then we uh, we made it like we got fourth in the tournament. But uh, yeah, it kind of it worked in a interesting way. And then that friend that inquired actually um, came to church one time. So that was mm. that was a really cool experience. You know, what's crazy is that I was talking with a group of guys like last week. And they were talking to me about the testimony that was just like yours. And I was like, hey, is the guy you're talking about Tyler Nee by any chance? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, yeah, okay. Oh, then, that's so crazy. They shared more details actually about uh, the situation. I didn't realize you were in the finals because I know that you, you're uh, or the, close to the finals. Because mm-hmm. I know that, uh, yeah, you had to leave church and stuff. Yeah. I didn't realize you were uh, so close to leaving. And yeah, it really had an indelible impact on a lot of people. Wow. So it was funny that I just heard about it last week, third party. Wow, that's crazy. Well, I think a lot of people don't, they don't see a lot of, uh, they don't see many friends or colleagues or 
acquaintances taking like God that seriously, They're willing to lay it down or sacrifice a volleyball game or job or work or money, because uh, that's where that's when it counts when you really show people that you believe in something. Mm. And people wonder. Like that's it, it. It awakens people. It kind of makes people kind of wonder. What am I doing? Why? What do I, what I believe? And they may be going to church or not going to church, or it helps them think. I remember when I was in university, and then I gave my life to God. I had like three years of partying, and then one year of searching, and then I had so I accumulated a lot of friends, party friends for three years. Mm. Then mm. when I gave my life to Jesus, I've had, I, and then I had friends like they asked me to come to their dorms and ask me. So what's going on with your life, man? Do you believe in like Jesus coming back and times? And these guys, some of these guys are church, but they they're totally not into it anymore. But mm. it it awakened them. Mm. It awakened something. So when you when you're willing to like lay down a law career or grad school, or people wonder like, what's happening? This is this really real? Mm. So it's good to say most of my college friends are Christians now. Uh, yeah, and I don't think I've I talked to any of them about Jesus except one who told who thought I would have to break up with Sonia because Catholics don't marry. I said, dude, it's Protestant, not Catholic. <laughs> it's like you're gonna be a priest. And I said, pastor, it's different from a priest, buddy. Mm. <laughs> it's like, oh, what's the difference? One, we can get married. So, like, what what is it about this year, Steve? Like, is there something different about this year? Because if we feel it so strongly, kind of in the spiritual realm, like, are there things that you've noticed or um, things that you picked up on when you go back to Bethel or, like, things that you've been listening to? Um, well, it's like one of those things you want to believe something and then sometimes is it too good to be true kind of feeling. Mm. So I didn't feel like this last year. But this year, starting from Jewish New Year um, in September, that's when I actually begin the New Year and really pray into it. And then, so it's almost like September. I, I'm preparing for the, like the um, Gregorian calendar in January. So September, I'm prepared, and then I'm preparing until December, and then January, I expect things to happen. Mm. And I, I think this year, all the signs are pointing to. Um, kind of like breakout like mm. uh, sudden sudden moments of breakout i think we're due i think the city is due our nation is due the world is due mm. i just feel like there's some kind of disruptions it doesn't mean i i feel as though that is for some it won't be it won't be a good disruption for them but for others it'll be a welcome disruption because it, it brings an awareness of god mm. so it doesn't mean like we're going to get blessings and financially relationally those things may happen but I, i'm talking about um just sudden breakouts like disruptions i think 2024 is going to be a year like that where we we have these sudden moments of oh wow i can't believe that happened mm -hmm. uh, oh what does that mean for us kind of kind of feeling mm -hmm. uh, mixed in with like uh, blessings and so forth so but at the end of the day, I, I feel like a lot of surprises, disruptions are going to happen. Uh, and 
and obviously you don't have to be a prophet to recognize that it's a big year for a lot of people um 2024 is going to be a big year for the world i think mm. it's going to be very exciting it's going to be the olympic year in paris um, which is monumental and then we have the elections in the america and then this is the last year we have election we have we're preparing for elections in canada in 2025 it's going to be a big year mm. uh, we're moving as a as a church we're coming out of the cave so to speak going into a very central location in Burnaby. So mm. that's what I sense. Do you guys sense that? Mm -hmm. I, I just want to quickly um, zoom in on what you said, monumental. Mm. What is it about Paris or like Europe and like the Olympics or is it the politics? Well, I think Paris is like one of those uh, like preeminent cities in the world. Very historical. Mm. So uh, I think I, I you can you should Google when was the last time they had the Olympics in Paris. Um, but also it's, a, it's, a, it's in Europe. It's a central location. Um, we were actually, it's my 30th anniversary, my wife and I next year, next September. We were thinking of vacations and then mm. we were thinking of going to France. But we quickly realized, no, that's not a good idea. Mm-hmm. Because it's going to be crazy, Paris. Um, I just look at these things as as like, oh, it's a kind of like a very special year. It's like mm. a very interesting year. Um, it's not like Olympics in Korea, which is good. I mean, I'll be happy with that. But mm. it's like a, it's like having Olympics in New York or something. Mm. It's kind of a big, big city, like mm -hmm. the Big Apple. Mm. Like a very like Olympics in London. It's mm. like a big big moment. Um, that's what I think. I, j I look for these kind of signs mm. and what is everything is kind of converging to a breakout point. Something I think is going to break out. Mm. And every time, every time, and uh, and then when when the world is breaking out, the church is sh it, people who are ready uh, adapt and prepare for what God is doing in the midst of that breakout. Mm. And then if you have eyes to see, then you can. Uh, partake in it and see what God wants to do mm. during that season. Yeah, so so get this, Steve. The last time they had the Paris Olympics was a hundred years ago. Exactly. Wow. wow. See, I didn't even know that. But yeah, I just felt it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. One hundred. Exactly one hundred. Wow. Nineteen twenty-four, like right <laughs> after the World War One. Yeah, that's why it's yeah. monumental. Yeah. I didn't know that actually. Wow, I'm kind of blown away. Now. <laughs> I just felt the spirit. <laughs> wow, I feel even more convicted by what I just said. I feel even more convicted. Mm. Yes, yes, it's going to be a breakout year for yeah. sure. Now. Um, so I, I know we're moving to a new location. Do you have some sort of like, I, I guess, prophetic word for what that means for the church and like why this was the right time to do that? Um, it's the right time to do it because uh, circumstances were pointing to the idea that it uh, pointing to the well there was circumstances are blaring out like loudly that um, if we stay here we're not going to grow mm. so we got to grow not, not in numbers but people also need to be interacting with 
other people you get a mix and then you get to be able to shine your light you know i love it when jacob brings all his n- non-christian friends to church all at once for some <laughs> reason <laughs> i think i don't know why you decided now <laughs> it's just all of a it sudden was, it was his birthday oh really that's <laughs> a good reason i also just felt like you know if it was like my last uh some people don't know this but like a long time ago my dad was told he had like two weeks to live out of nowhere and i thought to myself you know like if it was my last you know, two weeks here, you know, like we never know. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, this is one thing I probably regret. So, yeah, I just decided to invite them all. And, um, yeah, I just felt like it was it was time as well. And they almost all of them said yes. And everyone who didn't say yes is like, I'll come later. So a bunch of them are coming tomorrow too. But wow. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's exactly what we're, why I feel like we need to go. We need to intermingle. Like I, to- I said in a sermon, Salt can't salt salt. You have to salt other things. You gotta go out into the world, and so um, we're we're kind of in a like a nice, cool spot here. It's very inaccessible, kind of like hidden away. And I think um, all that I went through last year um, was a tough year, and kind of kind of needed this kind of uh, oasis mm. just like a, like a and just be with the people that are willing to and, and nothing against people who left or people who ha- had callings otherwhere uh, elsewhere um, that's their that's their calling and that's their walk with God but I also needed to know who's like willing to stay and commit if I'm going to commit I'm not going to do that by myself and I just need to see that for the past three years like who's who's serious about this mm-hmm. and i think um that kind of precipitated a desire to get out there somewhere mm-hmm. out there um so all uh, like so that it's exe- easily accessible um mm-hmm. when joshua reclaimed the promised land he gave cities to these tribes and uh, i forgot the name of the one of the cities i should know this <laughs> but it was all the cities were very prominent. Mm. They they were like everybody knew where it was because mm. it was a sanctuary. It was a place of like safe haven if they were in danger. That's where the word sanctuary comes from. So they can go and go to the altar and plead like safety if they were being attacked or in danger of something. It's it's like very prominent. Like these cities of God were very prominent. Everybody can see it, easily accessible. So mm. that's why I felt like one of the mandates for us was a- easily accessible and uh, very prominent. Like everybody can see it. If you drive by, mm-hmm. you can just see it right there. Mm-hmm. So the new new church building is a little bit up on a hill. You c- if you put a sign in it, it's there's already a wooden sign. If you put Rain City in it, nobody can miss it. Mm. You just drive on Joyce and you'll be like, oh, th- what is Rain City? Just a big arrow. Yeah, you can actually put up a po- like a wooden sign. It's pretty big. The last church mm. did it. And then I could see, oh, yeah, oh this, wow. tr- this church means here. Because it's very clear when you drive. Mm. And, uh, and it's right near Joyce Station. And then there's like all these buildings, rental spaces, rental bi- like a lot of rental apartments condos new development and then residential houses all over and the five minutes from highway one it's very accessible mm. so nobody has an excuse <laughs> now 
From yeah, Burnaby. You're really selling it. <laughs> Burnaby, Surrey, Metrotown, Richmond. I think the only big problem would be like UBC people. Mm. But then my daughter just told me there's an express bus from UBC to Joyce. So come on, nobody has an excuse. Come <laughs> on, man. So I feel like our church is going to grow next year. Mm. Um, we're ready for it. I'm ready for it too mm. in my personal life. I was reviewing some of the old uh, sermons that you did. Mm. Steve, and I think one of the sermons you're talking about, 100 baptisms last year, for this year. Like oh, really? That's so, what I said? Yeah, I have it in writing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if you saw yeah, it too. I think, yeah, I think you were saying like the year before it was like one or two, and then mm-hmm. this year it was like nine, ten, and so you're like, oh, let's, let's multiply it again. Growth, yeah. yeah. You know what? Yeah. Let's, let's declare that into the atmosphere and say, Lord, we want 100 baptisms. You never know. Yeah, amen. Start with all my friends, amen. please. <laughs> But uh, I mean, it's going to be more than last year for sure. Mm. It's going to be more than last year. We might have to go to Burnaby Lake or something. (laughs) I I think that's kind of it's a little bit dirty. (laughs) No. Oh, really? You can't go into Burnaby Lake? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it's like kind of (laughs) swampy. Where are we going to go? I don't know. I don't know. We got to pick a new ocean or a new (laughs) lakefront. Um, but you know, it's, it's kind of interesting what you said about kind of last year about like people coming and going. And, um, it's interesting because we're ending off the third year with the three of us. And it was also the three of us, like, well, there's, you know, two other people on there, but mm. three of us on zoom when we oh, first right. started this, right? You guys are the original OGs. Yeah. Mm. So it's, I, Jacob's I don't think a, Jacob's the original, original yeah. gangster. <laughs> yeah. He's the original gangster. <laughs> If I have one strength, it is asking lots of questions. Mm. Even right now, I'm holding back because I know you're. <laughs> <laughs> this is your job today, man. But yeah, yes. no, I mean, well, why don't you do it? Why don't you ask some questions? Uh, when you it comes, then I will. Yeah, yeah, ask a good question. Yeah, let let it rip. I have I have a whole whole bit here, but uh, yeah, why don't we, why don't we get into it? I mean, um, I mean, I think the interesting thing about us two is that we probably have taken more notes at rain city than in Seriously. university you guys should write mm. a book <laughs> we could it would just be a the ultimate plagiarism to be honest yeah. <laughs> steve, all the, the, the words of steve no it's not <laughs> it's a, no no plagiarism in the kingdom it's all from jesus mm. i think you said one time steve let my ceiling be your floor go ahead and yeah, yeah i just feel like I was just, I don't know if I share this right now, but there was, um, I, I invited 18 friends to church. Mm. And um, wow. yeah, one of my friends is so inspired. He's like, Jacob, I'm going to one-up you. I'm going to bring 19. Wow. <laughs> so he invited 19 friends to church. And you oh, know, wow. one of the people is my brother. So he's going to ECBC Sunday. Wow. So, wow. Hey, there you go. I'm sorry, actually. Like, so just clarify. One of the people that he did, invited was not my brother, but my brother decided to go as, as another friend who was... Uh, also part of their friend group so just as a coincidence wow. he's also wow. going wow. yeah that's awesome good to hear yeah mm. good to hear so why, why don't you let it rip jake just oh. pop off ask your uh, your numerous questions or or summarize some of the notes that you've taken over the year yeah you know one thing that i think i, I really there's a question earlier that was asked that someone's asked me like you know what are you grateful about rain city and to me i think i'm not sure if you said it, uh, Steve. I'm pretty sure you did at some point. You said the goal of our ministry is not to build a big church, but to build big people. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Bill Johnson said that. Oh, is it? Oh, that's I, good. I have taken it for my own. Yeah. <laughs> and I just, 
look at certain people in Rain City and even uh, just across the Lower Mainland that, yeah, they just have an encounter with Jesus and they're just not the same person a year later. Like you would not even imagine this is the same person. So for mm-hmm. me to see mm-hmm. that transformation, I'm like, wow, everyone should have an encounter with Jesus because you just don't go back. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. yeah, anyway, there's so much to say about that, but I think that's just one of the themes that uh, I've been meditating on. And we took so many notes, Ty, I was literally trying to bring it down to just three, mm. three key ones, but that, that was one of them for sure. Mm. Yeah. That's good. You're always like a progenitor, a propagator of the good news of Jesus and also Rain City. And um, yeah, I think I'm glad because, you know, uh, like the greatest compliment for a leader of a church is not. Oh, come to our church! Like this guy is cool. He's like he's a good speaker. Um, I think those are all good accolades and whatever. But it doesn't satisfy me. What satis- what makes me really happy is oh, come to our church because yeah, you'll you'll encounter God there. Mm-hmm. And that's really important for Sonia and I for for us. That is the vision of Rain City. We want to hear. We want to see people encounter Jesus. You know, and then kind of like clean them up later after they've encountered. It's kind of like taking the fish out of water, getting into this new environment, and then just cleaning them up and preparing them. Mm-hmm. Um, not to eat them, <laughs> but to give them away and all that stuff. So, Like one thing that is huge is Rain City is about like revive, restore, release, mm-hmm. right? And so... The restoration part is reminding us of who our identity is as children of God. So I remember Ty was in this meeting uh, a while back, and he was talking about how, you know, I'm not sure if I was even supposed to be in this meeting. I almost had, like, correct me if I'm wrong here, man, that you were feeling like, I don't know if I should have a seat at this table because this is, like, um, this is more advanced, and these guys are so much more uh, qualified than me in this topic. Mm -hmm. And then I remember, like, you were sharing that at one of our groups, and Steve was sharing, no, sharing that you know, th- you're supposed to be at that table. Like, um, I'm not sure what the exact words that Steve used was, were, but it was something along the lines of God gave you this opportunity to be at the table. And you don't need to know all the answers, but you're supposed to be there. And so that was a big breakthrough for me too because like, for me to be in a, a meeting like two months later or something like that, it was very encouraging for me to know that, hey, you know, like I might not know all the you know, answers or even belong at this table, but I can ask questions and I'm supposed to be here. Um, yeah, so stuff like that wow. has really changed the That's way good. that, yeah, that I've thought about my identity as a child of God. Mm. And the last thing I'll say here is, I remember Steve was in, we were in Uganda and he was like giving the analogy of when you're an orphan and you're adopted into the family, you don't want to, like if you go into a new house in your dad's house, you're like, ah, oh, do I, am I allowed to go into this fridge? Am I allowed to get this milk? You're like, hey, dad, can I get this milk? Can I have this piece of food? But if you're a child of God and you're, you're not an orphan, or maybe you've been there for a while, you guys, hey, you just look at your dad like, hey, I'm going to get some milk. You just grab it. And then you don't even ask. You don't even tell them. You just go and you grab it. And so, yeah, like the big difference is like, you know your identity as a child of God. You can go into your father's house and access whatever he's promised and not feel like you're guilty about it or you're not supposed to have it, but you're supposed mm-hmm. to be there. Yeah. Bill Johnson says a lot, like he, he uses that analogy, not exactly what I use, but he uses analogy of like, uh, 
Yeah, once you come into God's kingdom, you have an inheritance, and it's uh, it's, it's transferred to your bank account. Hmm. So imagine like a Elon Musk, <laughs> trans like you know he passed away and then deposited all this all his riches into your account. And then just be because you can't believe it, it's too good to be true. You fail to access it. Mm. Now, you you are in possession of it by law, legally, but you can't, you don't access it because you just don't know who you are. You don't, you just, it's too good to be true. I think a lot of people think about the gospel of Jesus like that. It's just too good to, it sounds too good because all the other religions, um, they try to show you a way to find God or to be uh, acceptable to God. But Christianity is the one that stands out and says, no, God came down to you to find you. That's mm -hmm. the Christmas story. Mm -hmm. He came down to find you because you will never be acceptable to him mm -hmm. the way we are in our sinful state. He had to come to cover us, to make us acceptable mm -hmm. as sons and daughters of God. And that is a great privilege that he no longer sees us as our old selves we are a new creation and when god sees us he sees jesus in us which is the greatest message that we can ever propagate to anybody because hmm. people don't understand how god sees them they, they don't they anthropomorphize god and they think oh he's gonna he's like he should be like this he's like a really good spiritual leader I had one time or he's like my dad my dad's a good person or mm -hmm. or you know he's a little bit strict but he's kind like they don't know how to like get a handle on God. But God is beyond your capacity to understand. But Jesus explained him. That's what the Bible says. So when you see Jesus, you see God and his nature. And and God the Father loves Jesus perfectly. And then the Bible says we are clothed with Christ. That uh, our, our sins are covered by his blood. That means when he's God sees us, he sees Christ's blood in us. Like he I know that sounds really weird, but it's like Christ in us. He's, mm -hmm. he's the old Genesis, like in Genesis 1 when uh, Adam and Eve si sinned and they tried to cover themselves with fig leaves and he was not doing the job. And, and that's what people do. They try to cover themselves with mm -hmm. all this works or trying to make themselves presentable or acceptable. And then God had to sacrifice an animal to cover them. So that, and it was foreshadowing, it was a foretelling of what was going to happen, that Jesus would be our ultimate sacrifice. And that when, when we come to him, we're covered with him. His blood, his sacrifice is just, so that when, fa when the Father sees us, he's got nothing for, nothing but infinite love that he feels for Jesus to us. That's the greatest message you can um, propagate and display in your life to all the other all the people all your friends out there that's mm -hmm. what they need mm -hmm. they they need to know that they're perfectly accepted despite their sin mm -hmm. that they're forgiven uh, that is the gospel message mm -hmm. it's just that people think it's just too good to be true mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just too much oh Elon Musk didn't give me a million dollars you're crazy it's just too good to be true and that's why you have to accept it by faith mm. So it's not you can't reason it out. It's just you just accept it and you believe it by faith. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think there's a lot, um, obviously of of little nuggets there, but um, yeah, just like notes that I have throughout the year really mm -hmm. touch upon that. Just um, you mentioned like um, focusing on your works and 
Uh, I didn't realize that until later on. And I have these notes from April where you were saying the enemy lets you build a temple of your work. And I thought that was really interesting because, you know, as uh, humans, like we want to feel like, you know, we can achieve things and like we always have a goal and especially, I guess, more ambitious or more driven people like, oh, like, you know, if I set my mind out for this then I can achieve this, like I have this dream and like I can do anything. Um, but it's really interesting to hear that, like, in a way, that's how the enemy gets you. Mm. And there's a very fine line between doing God's work and then building your own temple. And, uh, you know, like some and I, I'm exposed to a lot of like ambitious people through my work and things mm. like that. And you can just see the difference in, I guess, the posture and, and how they're pursuing things, because, um, you know, if they're trying to, you know, land this big project or complete this um feet there's a lot of like stress and anxiety that comes with it right because it's all on their own power mm -hmm. and they want to you know make sure the temple is perfect whereas like with god it's like oh like oops i made this little boo-boo here and then you know you just show up and somehow god's like oh yeah it was it was perfect like people loved it and you're like huh yes and I, I don't feel that way but it's sort of what you're talking about like that's god's grace right yeah well because people mix their identity identity with work mm -hmm. your identity is that you're a child of god despite your work no matter what you do as a as for work but your work is your your calling is a vocation is your it's vox it's your voice to the world so um at the end of the day i mean you can do whatever you can be doing whatever at the end of the day you your your identity will never change and so all those people who are who are stressed out and they they need to like get everything perfect or they can't fail um I, that's just because their identity is wrapped up in what they do mm -hmm. but if you if it's not it's just something that you're supposed to do whether you're fired you're not fired whether you get promoted not promoted it really is it doesn't really matter there's uh, irrespective of all that your identity is set forever mm. and and even if you don't get promoted or get fired it might have been a good thing mm -hmm. because you're still a son you're still a daughter of christ and mm -hmm. so uh, he has plans for you mm -hmm. so i actually don't stress out about my job to be honest mm -hmm. whether i get fired tomorrow i'm not gonna get fired I'm unionized. <laughs> <laughs> People like me there. I'm not going to get fired. But let's just say, you know, like government makes some rules and there's no more students. International students are gone or whatever. I work with a lot of international students. So um, mm -hmm. a lot of students, like a lot of grad students, they need to make more money now to come. Like, mm -hmm. well, what if our program goes down? Or, you know, mm -hmm. okay, I don't have a job anymore. Okay. Mm -hmm. What if nobody comes to Rain City? I don't, oh yeah, it's a little bit like, I'm not going to lie, a little bit like, okay, i got to pay the bills. Mm -hmm. But I have this deep sense, deep like confidence that I'm a child of God. He's going to take care of me. Mm -hmm. And also I have, a, I have something to say. Mm -hmm. I have a voice. And so he's going to give me a new platform. Mm -hmm. So I don't really worry about that kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. um, it's hard for people in the world who don't have an identity apart from the work to like wrap their minds around it. Mm -hmm. 
And I, th I think that really speaks to like the, I guess, journey that you've had over the past like 20, 30 years, because I'd imagine it was a little bit different when you were younger. It was just harder to um, really just know that like the thing that you wanted, I mean, sometimes God gives it to you, but um, other times well, he gives you what you need as opposed to what you Yeah, want. definitely. When I was younger and I, I plant, and my wife and I planted a church when I was, uh, well, we helped our mentor plant a church in California. That was our first foray into church planting. But man, I was so insecure and I just really wanted to prove myself as this like up and coming pastor. And everybody kept prophesying I'm going to be the next Billy Graham. It's too much pressure. <laughs> yeah. I don't want that. Mm. But then secretly you're like, what if I am the next person? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Then it's kind of like a mm. it's like part of you wants it, but part of you doesn't want it. But then also mm. there's pressure to perform. And, mm -hmm. and then, uh, yeah, my mentor really tried to straighten that out, get that out of me, extract that disease out of me. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I came here and then they, my church supported us to plant a church in 2001, so that's like a long time ago. Um, yeah, that was a lot of work, mm. Mm. a lot of a lot of toiling, the mm. sweat of my own hands, and I was doing it for God, in the name of Jesus. I'm like preparing thirty, forty hours for mm. my sermons. Um, like, yeah, it's all good preparation and prayer. I'm like praying all night every Saturday, not sleeping. I was like getting sick a lot. Mm. Mm. That was all just to prove that I'm worthy of this mm. like church that they bestowed upon me at the age of 29. Just I'm worthy to have this. Because wow. a lot of people are like, who are you? My, I think my elder said, who are you? Why, why are you giving this church to you? Because mm -hmm. mind you, they didn't kick me out. They supported us financially to ha plant this church. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of unheard of. Um, but I just wanted to prove myself, and I worked really hard. I don't think my wife, <laughs> my wife is not a differ different be beast. I shouldn't call my wife a beast, but <laughs> different animal. <laughs> she's a different animal. She's not like me. She's very calm and peaceful, but I, I just overworked, like work like a dog. And then it, I brought well, we brought it up to a certain point, and I said, I felt like, Lord, look what I did. And then that kind of imploded. There's a, you read my book, and you'll see what happened. Mm -hmm. One of my associates went crazy, mm. rogue. And then, um, yeah, and then I, I had like a second coming. <laughs> mm. And I realized, okay, everything I just worked for just collapsed. Mm. Mm. And so like that was the temple. Yeah, that was the temple that I just built. And it was rocking and it was, but people were jumping up and down on Sundays. I have videos of people just going crazy. Some of it was genuine, some of it was all kind of hype <laughs> and some of it was just like culture like a lot of young people just really excited mm. uh, their foundations were not solid though mm. um, but now at rain city I'm a little bit more calmer i'm mm. still intense i get a oh yeah i oh get yeah. i get that a lot like you're a very intense guy passionate is the I, don't know. <laughs> I don't know why what is that? what does that mean jake i'm intense People are like scared of me. These a lot of people say, "Oh, we're scared to come talk to you." I'm scared, it's scary. I think they're just not used to somebody with having so much energy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like when you go to other ch like churches, and I'm like, you know, uh. this is my own opinion, but 
you don't have that that like fire that you see like on YouTube videos. It's kind of just like, hey everybody, welcome <laughs> to Sunday. <laughs> really? Yeah. It it's not common. Man. I'm cal- I've calmed down a lot though, guys. Hmm. Oh wow. I was way more like times ten in my old days because I was working, working. <laughs> I was working that man. I'd love to see that. You know what's interesting is uh, I would say especially after you do a sermon, if someone's been in you for the first time, they might feel a little bit wild. He's intense and a little bit intimidating. <laughs> but all my friends who talk to you afterwards are not just my friends, people who visit, uh, they can tell. Like, here's, here's a guy who's just, he's real, just says what's on his mind and, you know, wears his heart on his sleeve. So, yeah, I think I, I wouldn't change anything. <laughs> That's just... Thanks, Jake. Yeah. Appreciate that. Yeah, being, people don't res- usually, um, people respect people who are real. Or mm. respect people who are, you know, right all the time. Mm. Um, so I just got getting back to our, our notes here. Jake, do you want to finish off your uh, last two points? Oh, sure. It's kind of, one of them is similar to what you said about about working, like building a temple around work. And so something Steve said recently. He said, when we feel like everything hinges on something in our control we place too much confidence in our own power. Mm. You were talking about how the future of the world, literally the birth of Jesus and taking care of Jesus, his most critical years, arguably, uh, were entrusted to a teenage kid, Mary, right? Mm. And her husband, Joseph. Mm -hmm. The hinge of history depended on two teenagers. Mm -hmm. And you said, you know, if I were God, no, you never want to start there, but (laughs) logically, if I were God, I would not put such a high stake on these two kids right Mm -hmm. and if god can do all he did with these two teenagers (laughs) uh he can do something with me too even if i'm not qualified if i'm I'm not educated in the middle of nowhere and don't know what i'm doing right and yeah just that thought to me of this works-based idea of i should always be doing more that's me and ty by the way we're always like we're responsible we want to do some big things and Mm um yeah i just and we're, we're really grateful that uh, you reminded us of you know what it really means to be in God's time. And uh, yeah, this is one woman actually I've met too who kind of hammered this into my soul, which is like you know like we could work really hard, and our testimony will be about the works that we did, versus a testimony for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And this one woman I know, she's a financial advisor, and she's in maybe her, like her twenty fifth year or something as an advisor. And she had a radical encounter with Jesus, decided to go full-time ministry, literally spent 2,000 hours in ministry, and wow. is a very, very high-performing advisor and does very, very well. And then while she was doing her 2,000 years, 2,000 hours, sorry, of ministry, she had her best year ever, wow. working like 10 hours a week, maybe less. That's right. And, um, you know, that's, it, you talk about Steve somehow, like, sometimes you say, the kingdom is where you get what you don't deserve. Mm-hmm. And what was the other thing you said about like something is where you get what you deserve? Or just well, the world system is you get what you deserve. Tra- it's very transactional. You you earn what you put into it, and that's what the world teaches you. But the kingdom is um, you get what you don't deserve. Mm. Uh, you get way more than what you put into it. Like uh, parable of the parable of the talents. The minus is like they got way more than what they reproduced. Mm. It's it's not if it was equal they would get talents and minus back, uh, but then they got s- cities, 
to get cities. I mean, uh, people don't people don't understand that. You just got a city for your for your little work that you did. You don't deserve that. Mm -hmm. uh, we don't deserve eternal life. We don't deserve the blessings we get here. We don't. We're not. I mean, who are we, God, that we can like self-create? Mm. Like we don't deserve any of that. We get what we don't deserve. So that's the gospel. And so, doesn't mean you can't put any work into it. I mean, I mean, it doesn't mean that God created us to work. That's the garden. Mm -hmm. And uh, Proverbs calls calls us to work. It's in our it's in it's in our spiritual DNA to work. God works. He's a gardener. Mm -hmm. He's to work the garden mm -hmm. metaphorically. So, it's just the way you work. Yes. Work for God. Um, you can work for God and then build your own garden or temple, or you can work with God. Mm -hmm. It's a total different mindset. So I know a lot of ministers who work for God and they burn out. They die early, mm. stressed out, because then their ministry, their identity is wrapped up in their ministry, who they are. I'm a pastor, so forth, or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So at the end of the day. I tr I, I'm trying to learn how to work with God. Mm -hmm. I feel like we're in an era where we have so much information and it feels like there's so many competing priorities. And there's this story that I always come back to, which is when Jesus was going from city to city, he would heal people, do some amazing miracles, and then he would leave a city where there was tons of people in huge need who needed to be healed, but he still left. Mm. And sometimes even when people needed to be healed, he would go and spend time on his own. And just the idea of we're only called to do what God's calling us to do. And for me, I've, I've been meditating on this a lot, which is like not every need is our call. Not every need is our obligation. Mm. Mm -hmm. We're only supposed to do what God calls us to do. And sometimes mm -hmm. that's to rest, and sometimes that's to focus on one person or one thing. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, I feel like... Well, are you guys learning a lot? <laughs> Oh, we, we have way more than this. This is you just guys, the condensed notes. Like <laughs> preaching, preaching, preaching. Uh, you guys are like making me proud. Yeah, I just feel like, you know, I was talking to somebody earlier. and They were saying, you know, I feel like there's so much to do for God. Mm. And it does feel like that if you're, mm. if you're kind of just reading the Bible for information and not revelation. Mm. And I think they're focused on just doing what... God says and not so much of the adventure with Jesus mm. and and this is just the this is just the beginning you know like eternity is really long so mm. yeah, I won't, I won't go too depth there we could be there for a long time but man yeah, preach long. it up Jacob yeah, I just get you to preach one time I just feel like <laughs> when you're what's up when you're with Jesus you've had an account <laughs> with Jesus and like, why would you want to be anywhere else mm. but you don't know until you've met Jesus mm. that's the problem Man, you come a long way. Yes. Three years, like, since I met you, and then you WhatsApp me and said, can you, like, teach me how to hear God's voice? You are, like, spewing out some deep theology right now. What's happening? What's happened is that uh, you put me on stage in front of 300 people uh, to pray for healing when I've never even healed anybody right. before. Got you all bold, bolded up, made you bold and courageous. That, that's right, that's right. I think that's actually a good topic too, which is like just taking a risk. Someone told me recently, you'll never regret doing something for God. Or sorry, it's something along those like, you'll never regret doing what 
God calls you to do. Mm-hmm. And so you, you might be wrong. Like you might be hearing God wrong, but if you really discern, like, God, I feel like this is what you're telling me to do. I'm just going to go do it. And, you know, like, hey, you know, slap me on the wrist if I'm hearing you incorrectly, mm. but I'm just going to go do it because I think that's what you're calling me to do. You know, nobody hears God. I, I mean, I'm kind of wary of somebody who comes up to me and says, God told me 100. Mm. Yeah. Because... I don't know. I'm not. I I'm, I I apply faith, and the faith s- is spelled R I S K, risk. Mm-hmm. Mm. And so, there's doubt, and there's like fear, and worry, like maybe this isn't God. Uh, so that's why you don't. You're not supposed to hear God in isolation and some kind of like thought or some kind of. I don't even care if an angel visited you, and then. But you still got to test that, what the angel said. What kind of angel is this? Mm-hmm. You know? So um, the word of God expounded. I mean, study together in a community and leaders that are wise, that have gone before you. Multiple of, multitude of counsel. S- submitting that word, submitting what you're feeling, working it out together. Uh, I never want Rain City to be a church where people just... Because I, d- I do hesitate teaching people how to hear God. Because... Mm-hmm. They can abuse that and walk around going, I heard God say, sell my car or buy that car or mm-hmm. buy this house. And then, okay, maybe, perhaps, but mm-hmm. or move out of the city or go to, like, sell everything and change my career. Like, hmm, these are big decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, you need to pray through it, you know, uh, have some counsel. And work through it, like your motivations, what's going on, mm-hmm. what what are some deep down insecurities or fears that's working in you, and because we can, we, our capacity to desar- deceive ourselves is is large, mm-hmm. and so God, that's why God made sure that we couldn't, no one person could hear so perfectly that we rely on that person, mm-hmm. that we all hear together in part, mm-hmm. so we're part of a community, mm-hmm. and uh, but people want things so badly. And then they stamp God's name on it and say God told me, and and that's abuse. That's abusive. And mm. I, I I try not to endorse that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, well, people well eventually. Well, who am I to say that's wrong? But sometimes I do feel like people make mistakes, or they're making mistakes because I could clearly see their motivations. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's fear that's rooted in fear or greed or. Or they're just punts, just or they're trying to escape, or whatever what they're doing, or whatever they want, they wanna, you know. And then God, God, God will use that, use their mistakes to somehow redeem it and restore it. So who am I to say it? Mm. Uh, I'm obviously gonna give warnings or questions, or I'm not gonna demand that they not do that, or mm-hmm. like. It's for your own good. I'm not going to be controlling like that. It's mm-hmm. their life. They're adults. But, um, yeah. Just want, I don't know why I got on that topic, but just want to say it in the air. Like We're not a church where we're telling people that like, you can perfectly hear God. Like, mm. um, yeah, even you can get deceived reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Look at all the people reading the Bible and thinking that it says one thing mm-hmm. and it doesn't say that at all. So, um, that, that's why we're meant to do it toge- meant to do this together mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in in community in a church that's set up uh, prescribed structure that God has ordained mm-hmm. that's another thing that I, I'm a little bit 
I, I kind of like I see a lot of people doing just starting like these groups and saying calling it church and it's mm. like no I, I said yeah you're a group but don't call it a church yet because you have you don't have all the parts mm. and uh, you need that to call it a, like a sanctioned church I don't know sorry guys I went a little no, rabbit this trail is, this is great there. this is great I think even just us like weaving through all of these topics and I'm looking through my notes and I'm like, I have my laptop here and I'm like, control F, like everything we've, we've talked about, we've like talked about over the course of this year. Um, just like, yeah, how do we hear God? And the, like one of the questions, actually the start of last year when we had the retreat was, what's the difference between acting from flesh and the spirit? And the thing that I wrote here was, um, you do opposite of the flesh. If you feel uncomfortable and it's scary, it's probably from God, but if you have to justify it in your mind, it's probably from your flesh. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's, I think one of the one of the markers of like, well, you got to go through the whole process, submitting it to your leaders, your friends, and like not just people in here, outside counsel, multitude of counsel, different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Just really pray through it, and then you have to check your motivations, right? And um, and then if you're tr if you f if you find yourself convincing everybody, trying to persuade everybody to like see that the 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 validity of your choices, mm -hmm. um, trying to prove to everyone that you're really hearing God and you're trying to explain and giving like ten reasons of why, mm -hmm. and you find yourself doing that, you might do you might be a little bit insecure about what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, you might have some different ulterior motivations. But when you truly are doing what God said, and then you've gone, not just in isolation, I feel like God told me to do this, so I'm going to do it no matter what. I'm going to go move to Antarctica or something. I mean, okay, hold on for a second. Let's really pray through this. Right? I don't think, um, maybe, who knows. But but just really take some time to really figure out what's going on in your heart and um, all that. And then... At the end of the day, when you feel that peace of Jesus, like peace that this is, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm about 90% sure that it's God, and there's like mm -hmm. a little bit, little part of me, I'm sure, I'm, and there's part of me in there, and I go with that. Mm -hmm. And it's like, it's a spectrum, it's percentages. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, most of this is, I feel like, yeah, I feel really convicted. Like, if I died tomorrow and I stand before God, I'm like, yeah, I, th I think I heard you. Mm -hmm. And, uh, might not get everything perfectly right like following god is like a vision not a picture it doesn't tell you everything exactly on a picture you know like a picture on a wall you can yeah. see it clearly like that's what he's telling you to do but god's like wooing you to what he wants you to do is like a vision you see something it's just like a cloud or a rainbow or something you see it mm -hmm. clearly but you don't exactly know what this all means you gotta go there and so, um, yeah, when I when I feel convicted, I don't really have to explain things to people. Mm -hmm. I'll explain it to I'll talk to with it, talk it over with my mentors and take their advice, pray with my wife. And then I'm like, yeah, we got to do this. After that, I don't have to explain. Like when we started Rain City, I didn't call a whole bunch of people and try to convince them that this is the right decision. Mm -hmm. uh, actually, we didn't call a lot of people. We just said, this is what we're going to do. And some people didn't like it, felt like betrayed. <laughs> we're in the same city <laughs> mm. I felt bad a little bit but then a little bit 
I, <laughs> but I really, my wife and I really felt convicted that mm. this is what we're supposed to do. And then also because we didn't want to do it. Mm. That's kind of a sure sign too, but you feel com- really convicted, but you don't want to do it. It's like, well, I don't, I don't want to do this. Mm. Mm-hmm. I'd rather go to California. That's what I, I would, I'd rather go to California. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Or New York or something. But why am I staying in Vancouver? Yeah, so. Yeah, I don't have to, com- you don't have to convince people. Mm-hmm. If you're, uh, really convicted by God you just have to be convicted and tell people that's it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I, I think it's it's also interesting because uh, I think you mentioned a couple of weeks back that like we're more spirit than we are flesh and that kind of brings the idea of like you your flesh can really like it feels like you're suffering but then your spirit knows it's right and you continue on forward mm-hmm. and um, I mean, that's good, Tyler. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's my life. That's my <laughs> life, <laughs> life motto. And and yeah, I have uh, yeah some notes here about you saying like sometimes God just gives you a timeout, and mm-hmm. it's hard to recognize that. And I think especially given our age, like we're twenty five, twenty six, like we want to conquer the world in six days, you know, and or seven days. And <laughs> it's sometimes hard to hear somebody say you you're not ready or, you know, you got more work to do. And when you like take a step back and you like kind of like leave your emotions and you leave your flesh aside, you think like, oh, actually, well, yeah, maybe there's more work to do. Um, and it's, it's not a punishment per se, but you just like need a timeout. You just need time to focus back on the basics and, and things like that. And it's interesting cause I'm following along on the NBA right now. Mm-hmm. And there's so many instances of that happening where like you have a rookie, he's been the best in his like class. He's been the best in the nation for his age. But then now you come to the top 400 players in the world. They all have egos. They all are like, I'm the best. Mm-hmm. And yet, there's only five people on the court for each side. Mm-hmm. And and then there's only one person who's going to be the dominant ball handler. Mm-hmm. And so like, how do you deal with like those competing like egos or like feelings of like, Oh, I'm the best and I can do this. And sometimes an all-star caliber player needs a timeout and mm-hmm. just needs like, okay, I need a, I don't know if you've like familiar with like John Morant at all. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so he got like suspended because he was like playing around with guns and like sh- like showing that on Instagram and things like that. And mm-hmm. he's gonna return to play next week. Um, and he's only twenty four. Like he's one of the best players in the world. He like, um, you know, put LeBron on on skates last year. But uh, it's it's really interesting just to like take a step back and realize like, oh, this is not a punishment. But sometimes God needs to teach us and be a little bit more forceful. And that's what the timeouts for. Man, you guys are really preaching it up. Who are you guys? <laughs> who are you guys? Who are who is Tyler and Jacob? Wow, you guys are man. Yeah, I feel like we you matured a lot. You yeah, guys. yeah, we have very yeah, proud. Have That's why we're taking notes. We're listening, Steve. <laughs> we do listen to you sometimes. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Actually, I was curious, Ty, was there another topic that stood out to you specifically? I feel like that we covered some of my stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, like, again, we were, like, touching on it, like, here and there, and okay. I, was, I was bouncing on, like, the, the no risk, no faith. Like, I think that was a big thing for me this year. Um, and it's sort of, like, building up and some background context. Like, I quit my job this year, and, like, mm. 
um, started a company and that was like an entirely scary process that I've been even just thinking about for like the last like year and a half and I remember like talking to Steve and like talking to Jacob and saying like I just feel like I'm on the edge and like God's telling me to jump and I just like I know I should do it but like you jump off a cliff it's kind of scary right like mm -hmm. logically it doesn't make any sense right um and you know like I, I took that step in in May of this year and then uh yeah God just I had the vision that he would just like put the stones under my feet as I was walking in the mm. air and I just wouldn't fall. And yeah, I'm still here today. So, uh, yeah, what, what a year it's been, but I think, yeah, unless you can really like put your, I don't know, faith on the line, mm. it's, it's hard to really, um, uh, like know God in a way. Mm -hmm. What made you decide to take that leap? Because it was one thing for me, I'm curious what it was for you that encouraged you like, no, this is time to take that leap and this is how, cause I feel like it's pretty scary to take that leap. So. I think it, it was kind of what Steve was saying about like, you know, when you at the end of the day, when you go talk to God, like mm. he's going to remember back to this moment. And I thought mm. like I could just coast at my previous job and, you know, get paid very well in Vancouver and live a comfortable life and like, you know, have my good nine to five. I work out at 2 p.m., mm -hmm. but I'll just never do anything significant in this city in this world mm. and i think like if i think that i'm to do something for the kingdom i need to be bold and um and so yeah i was like if there's only one time in my life that i need to do this then i just need to pull the trigger mm. and sort of what steve was saying is like i just i felt like my flesh was saying no don't do it like you can go on vacation to like la or mexico and like live this comfortable life where i can just pull the trigger mm -hmm. and just like trust god and that was incredibly hard mm. and then now being in it i feel like there's not a single thing that scares me because i just I have this like unrelenting, unrelenting faith that things will just work out. Like I don't have stress. Um, I, even like two weeks ago, and I think I'll um, share this uh, in a future podcast, but uh, I had like a retinal detachment for the second time. And the first time I had, it, I was 19 and that was incredibly scary. Yeah. I don't think I should. This is news Jacob. to me. Yeah, it's news <laughs> to you. Um, but Jacob was there with the first retinal detachment. Like you, you can go blind mm. in like 48 hours if you don't get surgery. Mm. And the second time around I, I had it and I was like, I'll be fine. I just need to like, I pray a little bit and go to the doctor, of course. Um, but I, I, I slept perfectly that night. Like mm. I, I didn't have any worries. And then, um, Wait, when was this by the way, this was last week, last week. or the week before that. Oh. And then the doctor gave me, um, what's called a pneumatic retinopsy. It's just like injecting a, a needle into your eye to like put a gas bubble there to reinflate it. And he gave like a 33% chance that that would work. Um, and wow. it did work <laughs> and I, I was just like, okay, well if I, if that didn't work, then I would have to get a vitrectomy and then that like expedites my possibility of getting cataracts and like all these like, wow. uh, you know, worldly things, but it, it all worked out and I was like, oh yeah, okay. I just, I got to rest for two weeks and then I'll be back in, in my normal self. Mm. Um, but it, it wasn't until I had that first encounter when I was 19 and, you know, in a way that was like God's timeout for me, mm. um, that I have all of these like stones in the water like what steve was saying like the stones in the jordan to remind you of like your past and like the history um that yeah i had no no fear 
when that happened. It, it was almost like a scratch. Like I, I say it so casually. I, it isn't really serious, but I'm just like, oh yeah, I had a retinal detachment <laughs> like the other week. Like mm. it was not a big deal for me. I can't believe it's just so casual for you now because yeah. I remember the first time you're going through it, and obviously that was a little more serious. Yeah. But yeah, just the going through that, man, that's crazy. Yeah. I have this quote here. It says, "Our struggles in life are not just about us." struggles are an indicator of the areas where our greatest influence will be in the future. Mm. And I feel like um, it's just a, a crazy true. to me to look at you now, going through something like that, and your mindset going into it and having that peace. Mm. And, um, you know, you're just, I'm just going to, what, what else can I do? Like, mm. you know, God's got it. Uh, versus, you know, that same situation many years ago. And yeah, I, I can already, I've always also already seen you talk about this topic and various other things to other people once upon a time it's like the end of the world. But now that you're like, oh, you know what, this is, this is, mm-hmm. this is just uh, a test for you be- to become stronger mm-hmm. and uh, a story to encourage someone else. That's good, wow. That's good, you guys have transformed in so many different ways. I'm getting really blessed just being here, listening <laughs> to you guys. Oh, finally we get yeah. to <laughs> trade. <laughs> wow, that's good, man, mm. yeah. I'll show one more thing too, I feel like what you said about taking risk is one of the biggest reasons why I think we grew so much. I don't know if you feel that way, mm. Steve, but I feel like, you know, you, you gave us a seed, but mm-hmm. to water it, to give it fertilizer, mm. I think that's the risk. And I think what you said earlier, Ty, but like, you know, like at the end of the day, you're going to meet the maker and he's going to take up that moment and ask you, you know, what did you do with that seed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's huge. I think two more things that might be encouraging is um, one is, a reminder that you know what we do with this next however long we're alive whether it's you know 20 years or 95 years like it's really just a a small blip in eternity right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and what we do in this small period of time determines what we do for eternity mm-hmm. which is incredibly <laughs> important so that that eternal mindset that long-term mindset is huge and yeah go ahead and then last thing i'll say is um for me the key reason that I take risk I think is because of testimonies of people around me mm. who people who are also taking risk mm. because sometimes you'll take risk and either nothing will happen or even something bad would happen sometimes mm-hmm. and it's got to be discouraging you know but it's a win because you, you know internally that uh, it's a win because you just did what God called you to do mm-hmm. um, but if you're doing all this stuff for a long time I think um, it can kind of weigh you down. But if you're surrounded by people with testimony who are taking the same risk and we know God is working, then that is, can be very, very encouraging. And I think Ty and I, we're talking about this quote, which is, unheroic days make for heroic decades. Mm-hmm. And I feel like you cannot persevere through those unheroic seasons unless you have people around you who are you know, going through and taking that, those same risks and sharing them yeah that's awesome man you guys are good Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't think about their uh last days on earth and they they don't prepare for their funeral one of the first things that i i had to do when i took this uh spiritual formation class in seminary was uh i had to write uh, write uh what i want people to read on my tombstone wow. and some people will write like uh, you know their accolades or deeds or 
and then you know it, we had a chance to look at it and like is this what, what we really want people to read about our lives and he was he did this and he mm. did that and mm. even if it's like for god like he planted these churches and i think you have to th- like in i've been gone i've gone to a lot of funerals and i know you d- you ministry for 30 years you get to do all of that you go to weddings and also funerals mm. and and then uh, I'm always like reminded and I think about what I want people to say about me. You know, it's like when you go to weddings, when your kids are small, and then you want you think about, oh, mm. what am I going to say <laughs> to them when they're getting married? Mm. Like, you know, you prepare. Well, Zach's getting married next year, so I got well, a few more months to prepare <laughs> for what I'm going to say. Because mm. um, I told them I'm, gonna, I'm doing their I'm officiating their wedding. And I'm going to give a speech at the mm. They Whoa. gave me a max 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dude. It's going to go longer than that. But my funeral? Yeah, I, I, I'm I, still thinking about it and processing it. But uh, I think it, it goes something like, yeah, like I, I truly, sincerely love Jesus and followed him. Mm. Mm and try to obey what he told me to do and mm. do what he said he loved his wife and his children loved his wife like jesus loved the church and loved his children like the father loves his children mm. i think if people said that and people testify to that mission statement that i've accomplished in my life um that'd be good well so far so good i feel like for you steve one of the reasons i think that I respect you the most, especially as a pastor and um, yeah, just as a leader is because I've seen you go through a lot of tough situations and you've always done the right thing. And you also share like how you're feeling about it and uh, you're just really real about it. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, like I said earlier, people respect people who are real. And I think you, you, you're always trying to discern God's voice and you're just always doing what he's calling you to do. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many people who can say that especially when you don't see the fruit right away or uh, sometimes even if, if it's like negative fruit right? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so <laughs> like whether you're going to uganda or north korea or you know making the decision to do these different things and how you persevered through isabel's um illness as well mm-hmm. like i just i have never seen you not do the right thing mm-hmm. yeah and tempted tempted, tempted yes tempted <laughs> yeah and many, I, many days of temptation yeah, and I think like that that discipline that I think Ty said earlier, like my flesh wants to do one thing, but I know the Spirit's calling me to something else. Mm. I don't know anybody else that has that same level of obedience. And um, I think maybe also you have Sonia for accountability. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so keeps me accountable. I actually don't know anybody else to that level, um, which is why I, I know that your testimony <laughs> at your funeral mm. uh, will, will be like that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I'll second that because... I think it's yeah it's it's so powerful seeing the journey and not just the end state because mm-hmm. I think you know like even in the last 3 years there were some struggles and just seeing your thought process and like what you were communicating to us and like what you were going through and then like the end result after that was like mm-hmm. just so powerful because I think a lot of people especially sharing testimonies like I know for myself like I, I don't want to share testimonies that haven't been finished because sometimes I'm like oh well you know if I say this thing during this thing and it doesn't happen mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. 
uh, does that make me look like look like a fool or like things mm-hmm. like that and I think especially as uh, the leader of um, this church it's very I guess like reassuring to see like okay yeah in these tough times you're still like yeah the, the decisions don't waver your faith isn't waver like mm-hmm. you're right there and so like that and I think that's also why like the weight of your words hold so much power mm-hmm. because of that like reputation and that um, discipline with God yeah well God gives you the grace to go through things and then it's like uh, the, the the fine line between rebellion and obedience is very thin hmm. it's just like a little little one degree and then your your flesh really wants to do certain things and so what's going to keep us in obedience to God um it's the fear. I have a I have a healthy fear of God, mm. and I, I know I have to stand before Him. Heaven is very real to me, and uh, I'm going to be accounted for what I do. Mm. And God gave me the privilege of leading people, mm. and I'm accountable to you. Mm. And so, whatever situation I'm going through, I believe for the ve- best, and I trust God for the rest. I don't. I'm not trying God. I'm not trying Him out, like some kind of TV I bought. Mm. You know, there's no return policy. I trust him. And then I'm not going to go ahead and believe for the worst. I'm going to believe for the best because I believe he's a good God. Mm. And then whatever happens, I trust him for the rest. Mm. Mm. And uh, my life is eternal. My life is bound in eternity. There's eternity eternity in my heart. I, I was like that when I was a kid. Even when I was in a believer, I look in the mirror and I said, there must be more to my life. Mm. I'm not just flesh. I just knew that even when I was a child. Mm. So I just have a healthy fear. That, uh, and then that's how you get rid of fear of man. Mm. Fear of God. You can't. Re- you can't get rid of fear of man. It's always there. But you have to have a greater fear that uh, overrides that. Mm. So, mm. so I think that healthy fear of God keeps me in obedience. Keeps mm. me in line. You know, the interesting thing is uh, Fear of God is a very popular uh, clothing brand. I know. <laughs> I'm like, what is, what is going on here? And I, yeah, is this a Christian brand? I, I don't know. It's very popular, though. Um, but uh, I guess, so as we're going into Christmas season and, and the new year, how should people be, I guess, preparing themselves? Cause I know it's not like the Jewish New Year, which is like on se- in September, but, um, you know, people are going to have a two-week break. And I think it's times like that where you have just – a decompression time you're doing nothing that sort of like the revelations come to you because things are quiet so like how do, how do you think people can prepare themselves for the new year steve and like what the, what should they be doing i think uh, if you're a believer you should always anticipate um, god working out all things for your good and and that includes good things and bad things but yet at the end of the day i expect every year for God to work out everything for my good mm-hmm. um, even if it's not fully played out in that year I expect things to go into motion but for this year I actually think um, there's going to be a lot of breakthroughs so I, I anticipate surprises mm-hmm. and like I anticipate surprise like holy disruption so um, but you can miss it if you're not in preparation for it. So I'm always preparing for, like, could that be something? Like, I'm, mm. 
it's kind of like a rabbit trail. What, what does what does the preparation look like? Well, well, you guys know I wake up early every morning, mm. and I just meditate and I pray, mm. and then I do my work, and then I go to the hot tub. Well, um, if I'm not working, and then I'm praying in the hot tub. I'm just like continually like honing my spirit to like not miss the signs. Mm. You know, uh, I'm gonna talk about the wise men tomorrow, mm. and th- there weren't three guys; there were lots. <laughs> so <laughs> that's just like a whole wise tale. So, um, why did these wise men from some people from like B- Babylon and Persia, as far as Persia, that's Iran and Iraq, all these people come from? Uh, why did they come all the way from there, like a thousand miles, to go to Jerusalem, and then? To their surprise, nobody was expecting the king. Mm. Nobody knew, except Mary and Joseph, and they—they they were like, you know, had these visitations, and they were like ostracized, right? But it's surprising that, like, God's God's eternal like sign is in—it's like very loud for some people, and it's mm. very quiet and mm. indistinguishable for others so I think just don't miss it mm. I'm always preparing for like what is God doing what is God could could this be something what is God doing what mm. is what is what is he preparing mm. for like for example this building where I just felt like we needed a new building and then I looked and I looked and I got tired of looking and I said I'm done <laughs> I really got tired after a month mm. just looking and said Okay, it's kind of like on my own strength is hopeless. Mm. And I don't want to go into another event space and like have the same issues that we have here. Mm. And so I just called a bunch of places and I said, you know, it's nothing's working out. Mm. And I just relaxed. Mm. So we have we'll have we'll do month to month here and then mm. if God uh, maybe that's what is what God wants. Mm. I just just I'm willing to just adjust. Mm-hmm. And then I got a call last week out of the blue. Hey, remember you inquired of that church in the morning? You wanted mornings? And which is ridiculous. We can't get it in the mornings. There's no church will let you. Because mm. they're having their own service in the mornings. Mm. Oh, the guy reneged on his lease, so it's available. Mm. So can you, you, you want it? And mm-hmm. I'm like, I jumped on it. Mm-hmm. So and that's a building that uh, somebody that I know, I used to, coach um said i'm gonna buy that building you want to use it for a church like three years ago wow so i said no back then but Mm -hmm. i think it just happened so fast Mm -hmm. and so i think a lot of things like that are going to happen next year Mm -hmm. very like suddenly Mm -hmm. fast i think we prepared ourselves for the three years Mm -hmm. and um destiny is when uh, sovereignty meets preparation. Mm-hmm. So destiny, your your destined purpose, is when sovereignty of God meets preparation. Mm. And I pr- I've been preparing, and I prepared my heart, and then I feel like I'm gonna meet my destiny. Mm-hmm. Jake, I'm c- I'm curious really quickly how you uh, prepare for your end of year g- heading into next year as well, because I think kind of what Steve is saying is like if you're not yeah, preparing yourself, but not really reflecting on all the things that God's doing in the past and also doing currently. Yeah, you can easily miss stuff. And so, like, for me personally, 
uh, you know, we like, look at the Bible, say like the book of Matthew or the book of John, but like what about the book of Jacob or like the book of Tyler or the mm-hmm. book of Steve? And when you write down all the things that God's has done and is continuing to do, there's like these patterns that form. And then you can see like day to day, like, wow, like God's showing up in all these like crazy places. But when you don't actually stop to reflect, you miss it. Mm. So I'm just curious, like, how do you prepare for the year? I feel like I prepare for the year similar to how I prepare for each season. So usually I, I plan in like three month intervals. <laughs> and because sometimes I, I'm a thinker, I overthink it. So if God's given me a word and he's not giving me any more guidance, like he just keeps saying the same word over and over again. Mm-hmm. Like someone told me one time, you know, it's like you're taking tests. Like the teacher doesn't talk during the test. If God's given me a word and it's the same word, I'm just going to keep doing that. So I just have three months. I find out what God told me to focus on. I just put my head down for three months and I stop overthinking it. Because uh, I'm, I'm an overthinker. Good. <laughs> so like for me right now, usually there's like one, one or two things for business one or two things for spiritual, one or two things in certain other areas. But usually there's like top three and I, because priority by definition means that there's only one. So I try to not do more than, more than three. Mm. So yeah, preparing for the year is, you know, what is God calling me to focus on in this season? Or who is God calling me to focus on in, the, in this season? Sometimes it's just one person, right? Mm-hmm. Mm. So nothing super complex but I think just getting really close to to Jesus knowing what those one or two or three things are burying your head down for three months and then checking after three months to make sure hey God is this still the thing you want me to focus on mm. that's that's worked for me it's given me a lot of energy it's like you know I'm not sure if you shared this before Ty but like we get this this is kind of like a supernatural energy when you're doing what God's calling you to do and I don't know you don't burn out and it's more fun, mm-hmm. and you get what you don't deserve. Um, not always, obviously. You know, there's there's struggles and trials too. But even if things don't go the way you expect, you know that you're doing what God's calling you to do. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of peace in that. Mm-hmm. So simple answer, nothing crazy. Amen. And so with that, we'll wrap up the episode um, and wrap up the year. So I just want to thank you all for listening to, uh, for this, to this episode and the Rain City podcast. Um, if you have any feedback or requests on topics you'd like us to dive into for next year, feel free to shoot us a message on Spotify, Instagram, or you can find us directly at Rain City on Sunday. So with that, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkahs, uh, Merry, uh, Happy New Year, and uh, we'll see you next time. Good podcast, guys. (laughs) Hey, that was fun. That was cool.